Podcasting from Hartford, you're listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast, your place for all things Connecticut sports. And here is your host, Jared Cutler. This episode is brought to you by the Boneyard Huskies Club. The Boneyard Huskies Club empowers UConn student-athletes while providing UConn fans with access to exclusive community, utility, and rewards. The Boneyard Huskies Club is excited to announce Locker Mania. If the UConn men's basketball team wins the NCAA championship, Fans who purchase a Boneyard Huskies Club men's basketball 2022-2023 season collectible will automatically receive full credit back for each purchase, and the athletes will still receive the full revenue from sales of their collectibles. For more information, go to BoneyardHuskiesClub.com. That's Huskies with a Y-Z at the end, BoneyardHuskiesClub.com. Okay, we've got the much-anticipated rematch Wednesday night of UConn-Providence. So joining me today to get ready for that game is, is Bill Koch of the Providence Journal. So, Bill, uh, welcome back to the podcast. Jared, great to be back. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So at this point in the season, you know, getting close to the home stretch here, what have been your overall thoughts on this Providence team so far this season? Uh, really strong culturally. Uh, more home runs in the transfer portal, whether it's Bryce Hopkins or, or Devin Carter. Um, you know, really just an extension of what they were able to do last year, playing at or near the top of the Big East. And you know, I think that says a lot about Ed Cooley and where he has his program right now and uh, you know, just what a high level they're they're operating on at this point. As the as a uh, you know, the play of late, I know got off to that nine and two start quickly in Big East. Um, been three and two since then. Um, I know they had the big win over Villanova yesterday. How would you say they've been playing uh, of late in particular? Playing well. Um, you know, tough schedule, obviously. You, you're losing some road games there. And, you know, that's not uncommon with every other team in the league. I, I know the yeah. top four haven't dropped a home game yet to this point. You're, you're talking about Providence, Creighton, Marquette, Xavier. Uh, it's been very difficult to to win on the road against those teams. Uh, you know, you look at Providence losing at Xavier in overtime. Um, you know, obviously a, a slip against St. John's and and one that you know, ultimately could cost them a chance to repeat as regular season champions. You, you just can't have a mistake like that when you have so many other teams playing so well. Yeah, and I, I think UConn fans can uh, commiserate with the loss to uh, St. John's there. So they had to deal with the... Uh... With the same thing, as you look back on the first matchup between these two teams, what stood out to you in that game uh, back in Providence uh, in early January was? Well, certainly Providence's ability to get to the foul line. Uh, you know, you're plus 19 from there. You're 29 for 35. Uh, their ability to defend the three-point line, UConn's just five for 22 in that game. Um, you know, other thing I, I would say, and, you know, this goes back to, to UConn's last game against Seton Hall, is Dan Hurley has tightened his rotation a little bit. Uh, you know, didn't see Joey Calcaterra yeah. against the Pirates. Uh, you know, you see eight players primarily with double-digit minutes. Um, you know, I think he is he is more zeroed in on who he'd like to play going forward. And, and I think Providence arrived at that point a little earlier in the season, and, and maybe that allowed them you know, perform at a little higher level here as we, you know, get into the third week of February. As you look to this rematch, who are kind of those matchups that you're most looking forward to seeing out on the court on Wednesday night? You know, I think if if you go back to the first game, um, 
you know, guy who flashed at, at the time and who was really coming into his own was Donovan Klingon. Um, yeah. Who, who has been a revelation this season, you know, certainly one of the best freshmen in the league. And so I wonder what UConn will do uh, with respect to Sonogo and Klingon against Ed Croswell. You know, if they'll yeah. try to, to wear him out, if they'll play both of them at the same time, if, you know, maybe they'll show a little bit of zone because Providence is a little thin up front. Um, you know, they've lessened the minutes for Clifton Moore. I, I don't think they really see a major role for him. It's mostly Ed Croswell and Bryce Hopkins up front, and, and UConn has bigger alternatives. Uh, you know, so I am I wonder if we see a little zone or, or we see the two big guys together out there at some point. And I think they did throw those two big guys out there together for a little bit in that first game at Providence. So interesting to see if maybe that gets brought up a little bit in this game. A guy who who missed most of that game uh, in the original, in the first matchup against UConn was Jared Bynum. Uh, you know, he's been with Providence for a bit. What does he bring to this team? And what do you think he adds to this matchup that you didn't get to see that first go around? He's the steadiest pair of hands I have in the backcourt, the the most experienced, um, you know, guy who can make an open shot, uh, who is probably their best dual threat guard, uh, you know, with respect to someone who can handle the ball. Um, you know, somebody like Carter, Devin Carter is a better defender and, and can score at a higher clip, but he's not necessarily the ball handler that, that Bynum is. Um, you know, Alan Breed is really a defense first point guard. He's not really the type of guy who, who's a threat to score at all. And Jaden Pierre is very young. He's a freshman and and has gotten some minutes at times, but I don't necessarily think they trust him to play 15, 20 minutes at a time. So Bynum in that way fills a gap, uh, you know, fills a position that that every good team needs, really. Um, you know, steady hands, point guard, can run the offense, you know, relatively low turnover guy, uh, and someone who's in his fifth year. I know it would have been the, the story of the game last game if, UConn ended up losing by three, and that was Corey Floyd hitting a three against UConn in that game. What has his role been on this team uh, this season? It seems like his minutes have kind of been hit or miss depending on the game, but from your perspective and watching this team more often, what kind of role has he played? Uh, A defensive one, mostly. Uh, You know, I think they like his size as a guard. I I think they like his physicality as a guard. Uh, He made a, a really good play, actually, toward the end of the Creighton game in regulation. Um, you know, that ended up being a, an, an overtime game, double overtime game. Um, you know, but there was a possession at the end of regulation. Creighton had the ball. Floyd was in to play defense. Providence trapped the ball out by the midcourt stripe, and, and Floyd was back toward the lane um, and managed to pay enough attention to the fact that Baylor Shireman threw a lob pass to Arthur Kaluma trying to go back door. And Floyd was smart enough to read it, take a couple steps back toward the rim, and contest the pass, and he made it a very difficult layup attempt for Kaluma, who missed it. Uh, ultimately, the game went to overtime and then double yeah. overtime. But it was it was a pretty advanced play by a guy who really hasn't gotten a lot of time. Uh, showed that you know he was paying attention, and certainly that's why he's out there to to try and guard somebody. And I think that's you know mainly the role that he's had on this team so far. I'm going to take a quick break from the interview to tell you about my friends at Martin Rosol's Meats. This fourth-generation Connecticut family business produces kielbasa, hot dogs, sausages, and deli meats using Martin Rosal's very own original recipes. Their products can be found in grocery stores, delis, restaurants, and hot dog stands throughout the state. And if you're looking for your fill right away, check out their retail store in New Britain. For more information, visit martinrosalsinc.com and go support a UConn fan-owned business. And now, back to the interview. You've seen 
all these Big East teams you know, up close. Who's impressed you the most as we kind of head down towards these final few games and, and get ready for MSG in a few weeks? I mean, certainly the most explosive team, I think, is Marquette. And, you know, we have a stake in that, obviously, with Tyler Pollock. He's a Cumberland native. Yeah. Um, you know, was a rookie of the year in the A-10 at George Mason. And, you know, now in his second year at Marquette, he's playing at an all-Big East level. Um, you know, they're one of the most efficient offenses in the country. Um, you know, so on an off night, if if you're looking for a game to watch, I, I think they're, you know, they're pretty entertaining. Uh, you know, I also look at Xavier – and the fact that they had the bones of an NCAA tournament team last year, uh, you know, but struggled horribly down the stretch. You had a dynamic player like Sule Boom to that mix who, who's played like an all Big East type guy. Um, you know, I, I really enjoy watching them as well. So, you know, probably those two teams and and obviously Creighton, you know, is preseason top five, uh, you know, who's got Ryan Kalkbrenner healthy now, who really seems to have rounded into form. Uh, thin rotation. They they only yeah. played primary five starters and you know, maybe some nominal minutes off the bench, um, you know. But aside from Providence, you know, those three teams who they're competing with are are all really good watches. I think from uh, from a neutral perspective, you know, last year was the the first year with with fans back a little bit at, at these games, and we only got one UConn Providence game. Now we're gonna get two this season. Potentially a, a third the way things might line up at MSG. I, I'll wrap with this one. How do you feel like this rivalry is is going? Because I feel like it's starting to pick itself up a bit more, uh, especially this year. I, I feel like you're starting to see it a little bit more. Yeah, with, with URI down and and not in the conference, uh, I think Providence looks more towards UConn as a regional rival. Uh, you know, obviously without BC in the league as well, without Syracuse in the league as well, I think. You know, these two teams are a, a short drive from one another. Uh, you know, I think they both have a place that the other would like to occupy. Um, you know, obviously Providence is contending the last couple of years. They've been in the Big East and a factor since it reformed. UConn is in the American, uh, you know, and sort of playing against Tulsa and East Carolina. Yeah. And the fan base wasn't really thrilled about, you know, those matchups. Uh, and, and obviously Providence fans are, are envious of UConn's overall success, winning four national titles and, you know, winning the Big East and, and Big East championships uh, prior to to them moving to the AAC. So I think it's natural that, that both schools would like to pit themselves against one another. And I think it makes for good fun. And, and obviously you're seeing it a little bit in recruiting now as well. They're starting to go after the same players from the prep ranks in New England, uh, you know, same type of players from New York and, and New Jersey and Philadelphia. And, you know, I, ju I just think, when you have relationships like that with other fan bases, that's what makes conference play so much fun. I, I lied. I, I've got one more, and I think this is a good way to to, to wrap yeah. this one too. With you having you know been so close to this team in following Providence, seeing that first matchup, what's the biggest key if UConn's going to win this game? How how do you think they best exploit you know weakness in Providence's game to to get their revenge back and, and take this one? Well, being home obviously is a big part of it, and and playing at Gamble, I think more importantly, I, I don't think they see the XL Center as the same sort of advantage that that Gamble is. Mm -hmm. um, you know, defend without fouling if they can. You know, I I know that's something that they've struggled with throughout the year. Um, you know, but it's something that UConn is a good defensive team. If they're able to keep Providence off the line, uh, it stands to reason they'll be pretty difficult to score against. And obviously you hope that, you know, maybe with that tighter rotation, you find a little bit more offensive cohesion. 
Uh, you know, UConn was not very good offensively in the first game, only at 61 points, yeah. um, you know, and, and really had a difficult time at that end of the floor. Uh, you know, so I, I think UConn is looking to build momentum here toward the Big East tournament, regardless of where they ended up seeded. If they're in that 4-5 game, which it looks like they they could be, yeah. Um, you know, that's a good opportunity to play a four seed and, and then ultimately play a one seed and start working on your NCAA seeding again. Uh, you know, maybe you can get up to the four line. If you have a good finish here, you, you've got some opportunities to do it. So I would imagine Dan Hurley's telling his team, look, you know, our run to March into the postseason, it starts right now against an NCAA tournament type team in Providence. And, and we have a chance over the next couple of weeks to, to try to round into form as we go to Madison Square Garden and then into the NCAA tournament. And again, another one just came to mind. So, part, sure. you know, grab grab me for one more here. You've been around, you know, this Rhode Island sports scene for a while. You, you've you seen Dan Hurley at URI. Some of the criticism from some of the fans, and, uh, you know, I, I think you take it with some grain of salt, is that, you know, they've struggled the past few years in the NCAA tournament. Uh, you know, they've had some trouble winning some of these close big games what can you say to the fans from what you've seen of, of Dan Hurley and being able to get over that hump and, and win those big games from what he's been able to do at Rhode Island? Yeah, he's in his fifth year at Connecticut, and, and that was the year that he won the A-10 tournament at Rhode Island, a uh, year that he beat Creighton in the first round of the NCAA tournament and had a second-half lead on Oregon, uh, an Oregon team that ended up going in the Final Four that had five NBA players on it. Yeah, uh, you know, So I, I think he's at the point right now um, where you look at his team now, the way they started the year, some of the non-conference wins they had, uh, the recruiting class that he has coming in, um, I think he's pushing on the ceiling right now and and will ultimately break through at some point here. If it's not this March, it'll be next one. Um, you know, but I, I think he's someone who builds meticulously, um, you know, someone who builds piece by piece and and wants to get his guys in and his culture established and I think he's closer to that now than he's ever been at, at UConn. I think he's made incremental progress in that way. Um, you know, I'm sure it bothers him that he's not playing for Big East title at, at this point. Um, and I'm sure it bothers him some of the games that they've lost and, and how they've lost them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I know that in, in Dan's mind, he sees opportunity going forward, whether it's in New York or beyond. Uh, and he can use this to put a chip on UConn's shoulders, whether it's players, fans, his own coaching staff. Uh, and he will play on that over the next couple of weeks into March, and, and he will maximize it at some point through his messaging. And and ultimately, if that's what it takes to to drive his team on, you know, and potentially win a couple of games in March, he will do it. Well, Bill, I, uh, I appreciate the time. Thanks for sticking with me for a couple ones. Uh came a little impromptu there so thanks so much for that and uh and enjoy the game on wednesday gonna be a good one thanks jared appreciate it absolutely anytime thanks for listening to the connecticut scoreboard podcast with jared cutler if you like the show and want to know more check out the podcast on twitter at ct scoreboard pod the host at jared cutler and find us on facebook at the connecticut scoreboard podcast finally if you enjoy what you're listening to rate and review us on itunes thanks again for listening